This is this the Dudes in Christ podcast. What's popping? Another episode of the Dudes in Christ podcast. We are back to a full crowd yeah full table here so uh <clears throat> how's everybody been doing good good well 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 awesome well good awesome <laughs> all right that's what we like to hear what we like to hear hey before we get started here <clears throat> i want to take a quick uh i guess give a shout out and kind of uh a minister friend of ours that's been part of this ministry for quite some time terry tripp I don't know if you guys got the package, but uh, his Psalm 23 experience, he just finished up uh, like a little small book on Psalms 23 and uh, look forward to going to that through that. He has like a an audio version, like a CD and there's a little book and things like that. Um, you can check that out on terrytrip.com uh, and then forward slash Psalms 23. And uh, Terry's just I mean, he's been he's been on this podcast before. Um, he's done our men's conference. He's just been to a blessing to us. So we wanted to pass that on and I know it'll be some, some good stuff <clears throat> with that being said, um, jumping right back into the book of Hebrews. Um, what we're, we're going to go over chapter five today. Uh, as we were just talking, chapter five is kind of a continuation from four. Um, we, we've kind of mentioned this high priest, uh, talk for for a little bit, uh, but there, there's going to give a little bit more, I guess, order or kind of what the high priest really was back in the Old Testament, kind of tied again to Jesus being our high pri- high priest. So, to save my uh, snottiness, does somebody want to do some reading today? Yeah, I can start. All right. Uh, Five verse one, every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins, and he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. That is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. And stop there or keep going. Uh, well, I think I can just kind of note again, it's just going through and kind of showing what a high priest was uh, back in the day. You know, he was that that mediator that would go and offer the sacrifices um, in the presence of God uh, for the people. Um, but, yeah, somebody else has more to note on that. Good. Well, uh, I mean, just go to, to go to. To go back to four and fourteen, you know where where it's this thought kind of started. Um, I, you know, you can see as you're reading into five that you're about to see a contrast, or that he's kind of building a, a contrast because he had, he had just talked about the great high priest uh, who had passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, um, and he he is a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses and was tempted as we are we are, and so. In five and one, you know, five, one, and two, three, where he's talking about um, the the high priest that had been appointed or taken from among the people, um, offering gift and sacrifice sacrifices because for himself and 
and the body um, as they were all subject to sin. So yeah. I just wanted Absolutely. to yeah. bring that in. <clears throat> I think the comparison here, too, is uh, in which he mentioned it, uh, that uh, the high priest uh, – had to offer sacrifice for himself first and then for others. And, you know, it was a continual repeat, repeated process where that Christ did not have to offer a sacrifice uh, for himself. He, yeah. he was the sacrifice and the sacrificer. So uh, that's really what sets him apart. And then, of course, the Scripture says uh, he's the Son of God. Yeah. As you continue, and in 4 it says, And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. That is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father. And in another passage, God said to him, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. That's, and it'll kind of bring up Melchizedek again. And that's something I... It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of even reference to that. Uh, I know I know Melchizedek uh, was a king of was it Salem or mm-hmm. something like that, and he's also a priest. Um, so as we can see in Jesus, there's that comparison as well. You know, high priest and uh, king, obviously. Uh, but do do you have any? Is there like is that just kind of staying on service or does anybody there's, know anything? Kind of there's deeper? not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot on it. You know, it talks about uh, the reason he's referenced also is that there's no record of his beginning or no record of his ending. And so uh, in comparison is, is he's compared to, uh, you know, to the Christ. And uh, uh, I believe it was him that, that received the, received the tithe right from uh, Abraham. And, uh, so, uh, uh, but there's not a lot on it. I mean, you can, you can read some stuff where that, uh, you know, I've seen, I think somewhere where people, you know, speculated that he, he was actually the Christ, you know, and so on and so forth. But there, there's just not a lot on it other than that, that we can put our hands on, uh, without going into speculation really. Uh, but, uh, obviously he was a king priest, I think is the, is the big thing that you Contrast, that you yeah. mentioned that we can, we can come out of that is that he, him being a king and a priest uh, certainly typifies the Christ. Yeah, it's good. And, and to speak just before we go on to just speak briefly to four and five. Um, I, I was uh, I've been reading. Uh, I guess I'm in well into Second Samuel now, and uh, one of the kings. Um, you know, who who had basically defied God was uh, just making priests out of anyone who asks and or, or who asked and wanted the position, um, and you know, building altars in high places and all that stuff. But um, you know, for for clear, you know, states that no man right. took this honor unto himself, and it was a calling by God and basically an appointment by God, and the same holds true for. Jesus, he didn't he didn't take the honor, and then that's what it's saying in uh, in five. He didn't take the honor unto himself; it was bestowed on him uh, by Christ or by the Father. Right. <clears throat> right. Well, verse seven. While Jesus was here on earth, 
He offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death, and God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. One thing that <clears throat> I can't remember who kind of brought it to light, <clears throat> but that verse seven here, while Jesus was here on earth, uh, <clears throat> I kind of heard somebody talk about that. And it's because uh, if you go through the Old Testament, you can see Jesus's, I guess, legacy or, or coming. Um, you know, you you see him coming in the Old Testament like you you have this idea. <clears throat> so I, th- I like how they put here while Jesus was here on earth, kind of indicating that he was here on earth in flesh, but he was also in spirit at the time, you know, in the beginning. <clears throat> then he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry of tears. I, I don't know if this is this is referring to the uh, the cry out in the Garden of, of Gath. I can't ever say that word, Josh. You always make Gethsemane. <laughs> I don't know if that's where he's asking, you know, uh, if this cup can pass from me. And so I was trying to find that. It's in Luke somewhere and get to it. Can somebody find that? The uh, Luke uh, 22, I think. Anyway, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And I assume that's kind of why, if you go to that prayer, it talks about uh, sparing. I want to say it's like mid-22. Not where he prays, but it don't say Gethsemane. It says on the Mount of Olives in 2239. While he was talking earlier, it hit me, and I was trying to look it up. Uh, Is it 2242? Mm Mm-hmm. You got that? Can you read that? Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. What's that next verse? Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such uh, an agony of the spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And at last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. <clears throat> so I assume that was the connection, and, and maybe I missed it, but <clears throat> I thought it was interesting, and God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God back in Hebrews. And I don't know, because we know, obviously, Jesus you know, died and resurrected and thing like that. So assuming that cup passing, uh, I'm assuming that didn't get answered, but what did get answered was, was, you know, God was there with him. You know, it says because of his deep reverence for God, God heard his prayers. Uh, is it, you know, I'm trying to not get too theological here, but we know that the father had to turn his back for a, split time but even in that turning he still heard his prayers 
is cry out. And that's, uh, I just, I think that just goes to speak uh, again of who God is, the father and not just this crucifier, this, you know, this uh, mean God that sometimes we contrast, like we almost see God and Jesus as two different ones as God, this harsh persecutor. And Jesus is this, just this empathetic one that we can really emphasize with. If you go all the way back into chapter two, uh, it says, verses this verse nine, and there it says, "By God's grace, Jesus tasted death." So yeah. that was the grace of God, right? That yeah. Jesus tasted death. So I don't. Know, we look at look at it as a bad thing, but yeah, the main goal that was behind it was for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I didn't look back into Luke. Um, but as I was reading this, uh, and I'm just going to read it real quick in New King, uh, so 5 verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, my thought was they could have called God anything in this verse, uh, but they specifically pointed out to him who was able to save him from death. Uh, so you see that, that God was able uh, but he didn't, and then I think Luke kind of answers that question in yeah. that he he said, if, "If this cup can pass from me, allow it, but not not my will, but yours be done." And it, to me, it kind of you know it just it points to the fact that Jesus had a choice, like he could have you know, he could have walked away, and um, instead he was obedient, which is like where. I think it's kind of setting the tone for yeah. the rest of, of this chapter, and I haven't read on into the next. But um, I think we already read nine. Yeah, uh, we'll so, even go back to eight. Even though yeah. Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him, qualified him as a perfect high priest. <clears throat> and like as you're kind of talking about it, it kind of brings – because. <sighs> Some people read things like this, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience, meaning that he wasn't obedient. And I don't think that's what the text is saying. I don't I don't no. think it's a disobedience versus obedience. But as you're talking about, it's a, a tried obedience. It's like he was obedient and then he was tried. He asked for the cup to pass, but your will be done regardless. So he's still, I mean, his obedience was tested, not that he was disobedient, right, but then he became right. tested. And I think the... Same way goes for that very next verse. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and became the source. Uh, wasn't that he wasn't perfect, but he was tested. His perf- perfectedness was tested. Yeah. So. Absolutely, and I think too on the uh, the part of you know God heard his prayer. I I think that every sincere believer that prays a prayer is that. That prayer is always heard, and sometimes we don't get the answer that we want. The answer may be no uh, versus yes or whatever the case may be, or it could be that God is just silent, but it doesn't mean that, that he hasn't heard us because a sincere prayer offered up by any saint, any child of God, God is always going to hear that prayer. Now there's a pause and a change of tone. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead and read it for us, Josh. All right. 
Verse 11, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skills to recognize the difference between right and wrong. It's almost like at the time this was given, it's like, you know, he's really going in to the, uh, the order of the high priest and really getting involved in there and showing them the difference. It's just almost like, I don't know if maybe he hears bickering or, you know, some, he's also like just pausing, like, all right, now there, there's much more we'd like to say about this, but we can't because <laughs> right. y'all, y'all, y'all are st- st- hicking up on this stuff, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. <clears throat> Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. I think we, you know, we've we done a podcast earlier uh, kind of talking about that, um, you know, the milk and then the meat of God's words where there's times that we kind of have to, you know, regroup and, and reset. But uh, I think the desire is to get into more uh, deeper teaching. You know, we, we have our foundation set. We know that Jesus is Lord and Savior of our life. We, we understand those things. And now it's time to, to move on. And just, <clears throat> Alan, maybe encourage your um, Maybe it's not encouragement. I don't know, but those that are have been in the faith for a while, and, and you know, are more mature. Don't let our matureness um, look down on others that are still on milk, right? Because um, okay. there's several times that, that we might see somebody young in the faith and like, oh, they shouldn't be doing this, blah blah blah. But we have to understand they're in the season of milk. They, they, you know, it talks about. Uh, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. So instead of judging those people or right. talking bad about them, hey, maybe we should go and and go to them in love and maybe talk to them about it. You know, show them some scripture right. about uh, what's right, what's what's not right, and just how to grow their own walk uh, with the Lord. So, well, you know, in in the in the church, you know, I was, you have a very diverse group. And I even catch myself a lot of times as I'll say, uh, okay, well, everybody knows the story. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then, then, then just kind of, <laughs> like, no. kind of move on. And it's like I'm becoming more and more aware that, no, wait a minute, everybody may not know the story, yeah. you know, because you've got that diversity. you got uh, you got – you know, you got people that's that's been on a wayward path for many years, and 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 haven't attended, you know, haven't been in church, and and um, and then you got people that grew up in church and heard all the stories, you know, and 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 know all and stuff. So when you assume that everybody knows, it's it's just not correct. And so sometimes, and I think because maybe we don't want to take the time. You know what I'm saying is we don't want to. It ain't really burning up time, but we kind of get a mindset of yeah. that. Well, I'm gonna burn up time here explaining this, this yeah. story. You know, when uh, uh, I, I just wish everybody knew this, and then we can move yeah. on to the ne- you know move into the next point. So, and sometimes it's um, maybe you can relate like this. You ever do something uh, 
<clears throat> for example, Josh, like talking about lifting, we'll get approach the bar for a squat or something. A lot of those things that have been just drilled into you, those cues and, and how to f- you know flex your lat. Like if you're just having conversation over that, um, there's a lot of things that you've just put in place so long as second nature. Right. So it's almost hard to dissect and explain every part because you just know it. You just do right, it. Right. I think sometimes teaching that's the same way. We, we know the story, but man, we need to, to, to really teach it. We need to go back and for ourselves. Right. So I think sometimes too, I, and maybe that's just me. It's like, Oh, I know this, but you're going to ask me details. Now we're going to have to go back and kind of cipher through some of this. But, well, and to, I know we, we, as Justin said, we have talked about this before, but uh, my thinking is, you know, um, you come to come to church initially and, you know, you're, you're past salvation. As you said, the foundation's already been laid and your, uh, your regular attendance starts to give you that milk. And it's just, I would say, broadly dispensed from the platform. Um, I think the church can do well to emphasize um, like small group type settings or like getting people with almost, I don't want to say mentors, but you know, people who have been around a little bit longer than them and to speak to in the way that he's speaking to it, beginning to spoon feed them, like introduce them to something independently taking the word in for themselves. Uh, You know, and then, cause I feel like if this, if milk is where you start and steak is where you end, you know, the, the fork and the knife and all comes from, you know, somewhere in the middle, you're you're barely spooning something, yeah. um, and for the believer, you know that that uh, transformation I think looks like being shown how to, right? How to do that, and and kind of uh, giving an emphasis and someone to kind of direct you in that those little steps along yeah. the way or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm the exact opposite, Pastor. Like God, please don't ever put me in a room full of people who are really well versed in the Bible because I'm going to spend. 30 minutes talking about the backstory and like, well, let's put some context to it just so you know right, what's going right. on. Yeah. I'm it's familiar good. with who Paul is. Like you don't have to, you don't have to go into the backstory. Well, you know, and really to what you're saying is, um, you know, we have a, we have a young adults group on Sunday mornings and we've talked about that really with all the, uh, you know, we, we baptized 45 folks last year. And I think when, uh, uh, you know, yeah, 45 folks, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> 45 last year that got baptized, and we're having a baptizing today, as a matter of fact. And awesome. uh, I think in the last couple of weeks, I may have asked some, you know, people to hold their hand up who, who had been baptized in 2022. And, uh, of course, there wasn't 45 people here, uh, you know, for one various reason or another. But if, if they've gone, we certainly – trust that the seed has been sown you know and that they move move on but we've talked about that we need like you're saying is we need we need a class uh, for a new converts class really to where that uh, those people that we'd like to assume they know the story but they don't and where that they get in a small group and are you know uh, it's explained to them or you know as you said spoon fed to them until they can grow and, and become mature yeah because it's, it's a i don't know if it's a different time or, or maybe just in this area or our church directly <clears throat> where it seemed like kind of i guess in our age or, or who we are we were 
um, a drug to church. You know, we were we were brought to church, so we got some of those stories. Whereas we're seeing a lot of people now that are 30, 40, 50 year old and the first time walking in the church building. So, you know, it's, there's a lot that was missed that we maybe take for granted or just, yeah. um, you know, just that's how we grew up. And I have to understand that, that um, uh, just, just like anything else learn how to pivot. Right. Uh, the, the message doesn't right. change, you know, Jesus doesn't change, but how we, we get people up to speed or right. how we get ourselves up to speed might have to little bit, look a little bit different for every season right. that we kind of find ourselves in. <clears throat> so go ahead. go ahead. No, I was, <laughs> well, I was. so, I mean, the thing in, in this, he is talking to people who have been around long enough though. It's not, right. they're not milk right. fed, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's my whole thing, you know, as, as y'all were talking about it, I was thinking about, um, like in a in a classroom setting, um, you know, my wife talks about how they teach teachers in classrooms to, uh, you know, make little clusters and put low learners with with high learners or whatever. Well, it's like, I mean, he's basically reprimanding them. You know, you've been in the classroom right, long enough, right. and you were just looking at your pencil or flicking you know, balls <laughs> right. of paper or whatever instead <laughs> yeah. of paying attention. He was trying to give them <coughs> steak, and they're like, "No, we're not having it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're still not ready. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. 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 Any any other last thoughts for we seen you going crazy writing over there, Josh? You all good? No, I was just trying to catch up on that first part of five for my notes. <clears throat> awesome. So uh anything uh what's today? Today is January twenty ninth. As far as church wise or anything Sunday. Andrew Kennedy. Yep. Andrew Kennedy uh, next week, next next Sunday, uh, AM service and PM service, ten and <coughs> ten and six. So I always look forward to him coming and and joining with us. Absolutely, yeah. awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys checking out another episode of the Dudes in Christ podcast. Hebrews five, go through it yourself. You know, pick it up, read it, see what the Word is trying to tell you today. So. We hope you guys have an awesome rest of the week, and we'll catch you guys next week.